0: Kane was
1: there. Kane was there too. Yeah. No enhancement needed.
0: This
1: is Monday Night Raw. This It's Wrestle Rant Radio. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio. Here today for January nineteenth, twenty seventeen. I am Graham GSM Matthews. Hopefully, you guys are doing well. And what a week it's been! What a crazy week it has been. From the inaugural UK tournament crowning the inaugural United Kingdom champion on Saturday and Sunday, to Jimmy Snuka passing away on Sunday, to the announcement that Kurt Angle is WWE Hall of Fame bound on Monday, to Tuesday where Mickie James returned to the end of SmackDown Live. It's just been a wild, wild week. And I expect nothing less from the world of wrestling. That's just the type of universe wrestling provides for us an ever exciting landscape is wrestling is specifically the WWE that's just WWE you know what else happens beyond that with TNA Ring of Honor Lucha Underground is another topic for another day Uh, but today we are talking all about WWE from the UK tournament to Raw to SmackDown to maybe some 205 Live and uh, to you know to some NXT as well as NXT TakeOver San Antonio and the Royal Rumble quickly approach it's a great exciting time to be a wrestling fan right now. And I am happy to announce that next Friday, or next Thursday, rather, because we're back on Thursdays now, we are back on Endicott College campus. Me and Tommy Sharp are breaking down the Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver San Antonio cards, doing full picks, previews, and predictions for both shows next Thursday. So we look forward to that. But in the meantime, that we're talking on, we're talking about today. We're focusing on today, guys. Uh, so today, I do have a special guest not joining us for the entire show, um, but he did message me on Monday. We were talking about last week, and he's been busy this week, so. Uh, Shout out to him, Uh, props to him, but today we're going to be having at Jamie Lee Mack, Jamie Lee Mack has been here on the show before, but today it's a particular case, it's a special case, just because one of his favorites is going into the Hall of Fame, as we said, Kurt Frickin Angle is going into the Hall of Fame this WrestleMania weekend, it's going to be awesome. I was shocked. He was shocked. The entire WWE universe was shocked when the news broke on Monday evening. So I look forward to it. It's going to be a great time. Um, So, yeah, Jamie cannot join us for the entire show today because I'm going to record this part. Earlier on, have Jamie on later. He's going to join us at the end of the show to talk about Kurt Angle's induction. Maybe the chances of one more match, if not 100 more in WWE. Uh, I don't think he'd be a full-timer, more like a part-timer, but we'll talk about it when we get to it, when Jamie Lee Mack joins us later on here on the show uh, towards the end. But in the meantime, though, we're talking all about Raw, the UK Attorney, SmackDown, NXT, maybe a bit of 205 Live as well. Uh, Just a lot to talk about from WWE in the past seven days. But before we get started here, as always, guys, if you want to check me out on these social medias, check me out on Twitter, follow me there at WrestleRant, find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash graham.gson.matthews, and of course, YouTube as well at youtube.com backslash c backslash graham matthews. and right here on nextairwrestling.net, new episodes of WrestleRant Radio go up every Thursday, no specific time, but usually during the course of the day. In addition to new reviews of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Main Event, TNA, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground when it comes back, and all that other great stuff, I did uh, an exclusive review of the UK tourney, which I'll talk about here in a moment, on the website as well. So be sure to check back to nextairwrestling.net, uh, excuse me, daily. This very website you listen to the show on right now. Check back daily for all new episodes, uh, for all new reviews of, of awesome great stuff. Every single day of the week. The most updated and up to date website, wrestling website you will ever visit. So check it out when you can and uh, check back even after today, tomorrow, Sunday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday for content going up pretty much every day of the week. So, with all that being said, guys, and also one more thing to check out the t shirt, buy the t shirt, support the show, eat, sleep, wrestle, rant, repeat. You know you want to. Go to whatamaneuver.net, uh, go to wrestle rant radio, the store, buy a t shirt. Buy a sleeveless shirt, buy a tank top, buy a hoodie. They might have sweatshirts, I'm not sure. They have a lot of great stuff in all sizes. Uh, it's a black shirt with white lettering, a lot like the old Brock Lesnar shirt Eat, Sleep, Conquer, Repeat. But this time it's Eat, Sleep, Wrestle Rant, Repeat. So support the show. Wrestle rant away by wearing your all-new t-shirt, and it will be giving away one free one. Whoever wins the Royal Rumble game, which, yes, is coming back. I've got a lot of questions. Um, I just have not had enough time to put up the official press release regarding the 2017 Royal Rumble game. And it will be going up here on the site, hopefully this week, I've just been so fucking busy. I'm going back to school on Sunday, so I start my final semester of college on Monday. And we started the show, my first semester of college, Three and a half years ago, so it's amazing to see how much time has flown by since then. Um, But yeah, I do promise the press release, all the details regarding the game. If you've never played before, you're going to want to check it out and secure your number, secure your spot in the game um, in the coming week or so before we officially kick it off next Sunday at the 2017 Royal Rumble pay-per-view. So guys, um, as we get started here, I do want to give my thoughts on a few things. Like I said, Jimmy Superfly snuck a passing away on Sunday at the age, I believe, of 73- he had stomach cancer. I don't know if it was ever disclosed how he passed away. I know he had stomach cancer. That was probably a factor. He was already sick anyway. But the whole... I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but the whole waters are muddied with the with the whole Superfly Snuka thing. Just because while he is a legend in the business, um, you know he, he's made occasional appearances on WWE TV over the years, You know, his daughter, Tamina Snuka, wrestles for WWE even still. She has been on TV in a while, but she should be back soon. Not that I really care, but anyway. My condolences, my thoughts and prayers are with the family and friends. But at the same time, this is fresh off the whole court case with Snuka and the alleged murder of his girlfriend from 30 years ago, Nancy Argentino. And I can't say for sure, but I followed the case, you know, even before it was announced that uh, he was guilty of killing her about a year and a half ago, and I think in late 2015, but uh, it it was pretty apparent that it was him, there was no way that it wasn't him, and I can't believe they waited 30 fucking years to finally reopen the case, they found new evidence or something, they were going to put him in jail, but he was declared mentally incompetent just recently, they couldn't put him in jail, not like it would have mattered, the guy just died last week anyway, so he would not have been in in the jail cell for very long, he might have been in there, he might have died even sooner than he did, had he been put in jail, you know, um, a month or two ago, whenever they said that he wasn't guilty. But yeah, they did. They aired, they aired the whole graphic at the start of the show, which was fine, and then they aired a video package, which they always do for guys like Piper and Warrior and Dusty Rhodes, and the list goes on and on. But the difference is that none of those guys killed anybody, and this guy's this this guy allegedly killed his girlfriend. So um, a lot of controversy. Like I said, I don't want to spend too much time talking uh, t- talking about how they handled it, whether it was the right thing, the wrong thing, whatever. there's a lot of opinions out there. none of them are right or wrong. you're entitled to your own opinion. Um, but I will say my thoughts, prayers, and uh, you know my thoughts and prayers and condolences are with the family and friends of Jimmy Superfly Snucka, as well as the girlfriend uh, of Snuka from 30 years ago who was murdered Nancy Argentino. So speaking of which, on Sunday, the same day that news broke, like during the course of the UK tourney, that news broke. Uh, but yeah, speaking of which, the UK tourney over the past weekend on Saturday and Sunday, my initial thoughts on it, I've talked about it on hashtag AskGSM. Like I said, you can check out my reviews of part one and part two right here on the website from last weekend, but I enjoyed it. I thought day one was all right, some good matches. There were some some characters I was able to get behind. Some people I did want to see advance but didn't, like Tyson Tebow and I liked he got knocked out in the first round. Dan Maloney was pretty decent. Uh, we didn't know too much about him, but I think that was part of the appeal, that he was kind of a, a quiet character. But uh, So he was all right. But yeah, day one I thought was decent. People were kind of quick to judge. Oh, it sucks. You know, there's no one that stands out. And here's—and I'll talk about how it compares to the Cruiserweight Classic in a moment, which I, I'm going to kind of echo my thoughts from hashtag AskGSM. So if you watched that and you're going to listen to this, I apologize for sending like a broken record. Um, but day two I thought was way better. So if you only checked out day one and you sou- you were soured on the thought of a UK tourney, that it was boring, it wasn't what you thought it would be, check out day two. I promise you it's far better. The wrestling is great. The opener between Pete Dunne and Sam Gradwell was awesome. We get surprise appearances from, spoilers ahead obviously, Neville and Tommy End, NXT's newest recruit, who I heard is going by the name of Alistair Blacknow. But it is cool they allowed him to use his old name, his old indie name, Tommy Andrews, because that's how UK know him, that the UK fans know him as, because he is a UK native, is Tommy End. Uh, and they had a really fun match, too. The final saw Tyler beat, beat Pete Dunne to become the inaugural WWE United Kingdom champion. And easily the best match of the tourney. I really enjoyed Pete Dunne and Mandrews, too, or Mark Andrews, or whatever. He was from TNA. Um, that was an awesome match. So Pete Dunne really stood out to me. I hope they sign Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews. I don't really know how this thing's going to work. I don't know what the title will be. I'm getting a lot of questions from people I know and on social media. How will it be defended? You know, at indie shows, on televised events? Will they create its own show on the network? I don't really know. We'll find out hopefully soon enough. But I do like the idea of bringing in some of the guys from the tourney, a lot like, you know, guys like Mark Andrews. Uh, Danny Burch stood out to me even though he was knocked out in the first round he was really really good and seemed to be in better shape than he was when we last saw him a couple years ago in NXT Um, but yeah Mark Andrews Pete Dunne I think would be a great top heel in WWE maybe not world champion but he's young he's got a good look I like the whole singlet look for him because it reminds me a lot of William Regal he's got the mouth guard in he was a vicious son of a bitch attacking Sam, Sam Gradwell Attacking Tyler Bate before their match in the final so Pete Dunne really stood out to me and rightfully so the entire tourney was you know Centered around him Um, But yeah, I thought he was a standout star would love to see him sign at some point to the WWE But overall, yeah, I thought it was a good tourney. I thought Pete Dunn, Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate were all good talents uh, Trent Seven Trent Seven uh, was also a standout star in the tourney as well. So hopefully a few of these guys get contracts Maybe not everybody in terms of how it compares to the Cruiserweight Classic, I said this on Hashtag, like I said, but I feel like the biggest difference between the WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament and the Cruiserweight Classic was that with the UK turning a big criticism, I mean, Lucas even said it himself, and big shout-out to Lucas for how, you know coming on the show last week. i will be on his show a little later on today. Um, we talked all about this last week, but he said he made the comment that a lot of the guys on the show did not really stand out from one another. They all kind of felt the same. And even after watching day one, a lot of people, that was the main criticism from a lot of people, a lot of these guys felt the same. And it's hard to argue because a lot of them did feel like, oh, I'm a brawler, I'm a, I'm a technical wrestler, which is kind of the stereotype for uh, for an English or British wrestler in WWE or just kind of in wrestling. And they kind of played off their stereotypes, which is fine. But I think with the Cruiserweight Classic, it wasn't just... You know, unite you know, it wasn't just cruiserweights from the US. They were from all over the world. So you had some Japanese guys in there, you had some Japanese stars, you had people from Mexico, from Canada, from here in the US, from the Philippines with TJ Perkins, and you had some established names, some old, you know, familiar faces. Um, like a, you know, like a Brian Kendrick or a Tajira, you had Zack Saber Jr. and Kodaya Bushi and TJ Perkins and Cedric Alexander, so Faces from all across the wrestling world took part in that tournament. And it was an amazing, it was amazing, an absolutely amazing tournament. All the matches stood out. So that's why it was different, and the cruiserweights work a different style too. Um, I don't know if these guys were told to be toned down after what we saw in the CWC. A lot of the stuff in the CWC would never see in the main roster, like that burning hammer spot, I think, in the match between Kendrick and Kodayabushi, which was just unreal. Um, but that was the main difference. You can't really compare the two. It's apples to oranges. Um, I don't know if I would want to see another show. Adding two o five live as as another show in WWE canon, so to speak, right after SmackDown is even that's pushing it to add another UK show to air. I don't know on the weekends or on Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever would be a fucking lot. So I honestly hope that's not the case because as much as I enjoy the tourney, I don't know if I would enjoy a flat out show, but. Tyler Bate is on WWE.com if you go to Superstars and check out the Champions. Tyler Bate is on there as the WWE UK Champion, so again, they might create a show, they might not, it seems like they will. Um, I don't know if I'm, big, I'm a big fan of that, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but in terms of my initial thoughts on the tournament from last weekend, I thought it was great, I thoroughly enjoyed it, a lot of good matches, check it out, day one. Um, you know, if, if you only had time to check out one part, in total it's about four hours, Part 1, I think, was like 2 hours and 1 minute. Part 2 might have been like 2 hours and 15 minutes. But uh, just check out Part 2 in that case. It had a lot better wrestling. Uh, you could still see the development of some of the characters through the video packages and the promos and the interviews and the post-match stuff. So I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. So check it out if you haven't already. So we'll move from there into Raw real quick. Um, I really don't have much thoughts on Raw from this week. I thought it was a honestly a decent show. Um, When I say it was one of the best episodes of Raw in recent memory, that's not to say it was a great show. It is kind of sad that a decent show will get such high praise from me just because Raw has honestly sucked. And you guys know that I try to be positive whenever I can. I will not shit entirely on something and complain about everything in wrestling. But honestly, like I, I can't lie to you guys, Raw has just not been good for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I think for three or four weeks straight, I did not watch Raw live. Um I was either at the MSG Smackdown House show a couple weeks ago the day after Christmas where I've been working the past two Mondays. This week I was free so I watched it. Um, so of course the first raw lot that you know the first raw episode that I watched live is decent so that kind of worked out well. But and I don't feel like skipping over the entrances every single time. And I always skip over the entrances and the fucking recaps and what happened last week and all this other shit. But I thought this week was pretty straightforward. A great show? No, but it was better than it has been in a while, so... (coughs) Excuse me. So I will say that much. But yeah, start to finish, I thought it did a good job of uh, setting the stage for the Royal Rumble, especially with the opening segment between uh, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, uh, who else... We had Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, Braun Strowman, pretty much a lot of the guys that will be in the Rumble match itself, in addition to the people fighting for the WWE Universal Championship at the event between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, and also the involvement of Chris Jericho in there in a cage as well. Um, But I thought that segment was great. The talking was pretty paint-by-numbers, but when Lesnar came out and Strowman came out, they went face-to-face, and Lesnar cleared house, Uh, you know, F5-ing Roman Reigns, suplexing Sami Zayn, who was also out there as well. Uh, They had just a great face-to-face, great encounter. The people were hot for it. An awesome way to kick off the show. And a way better way to reintroduce Brock Lesnar than having him just cut a promo or having Paul Heyman talk or whatever. Uh, That would not have been ideal. So I thought this was really, really good as a way to kind of bring Brock Lesnar back and show that he's pissed off from losing at Survivor Series. Because remember, this is the first appearance from Brock Lesnar on WWE TV since he was beaten at Survivor Series. So, uh, it, it was a pretty big deal to have him back on Raw, and I enjoyed it. I thought the use of Brock Lesnar on the show was great. We had Enzo and Cass versus Rusev and Ginder, which was not as unbearable as it has been. I mean, I'm not going to say the match was great, um, but it was by far the best thing I have seen from these four guys in the past month and a half. As you guys know, I'm not a big fan of this feud at all. I think it's a complete throwaway, but it was a pretty straightforward match. I can't really complain. Enzo and Cass won cleanly. Hopefully, that's the end. I don't think it will be, but... They won cleanly, so and they showed more aggression, more of a serious side after the match. So enough of the fucking like hotel shit and the stuff with Shawn Michaels and Rusev is hilarious. I love Enzo and Cass, but this feud has just died to death with me. Um, Rusev comes off more of a baby comes off as more of a baby face than Enzo and Cass having a while. So really the dynamic has been off. But I thought this was fine. I really can't complain. I thought the match was just what exactly what it needed to be. Um, another tag team match I kind of liked as well, the club taking on Cesaro and Sheamus for the Raw tag team titles. Really good match, unsurprisingly, that the club and Cesaro and Sheamus would have good chemistry inside the ring. Uh, the finish was interesting, albeit awkward. Um, They did the old dusty finish when the club won the tag team titles. I was shocked just because these guys have been literally almost buried beyond belief since they showed up in WWE, or at least since they split them from AJ Styles in the draft last year since the summer. The New Day feud sucked. Their feud with Enzo and Cass was completely forgettable, and they've done nothing of note since. Uh, but I thought this was really good. So they win the tag team titles before the referee says it doesn't count. Uh, Sheamus hit the referee, so they're DQ'd, whatever. So for the club to get cheered when they win the belt, only for them to get, you know, the referee or the decision for the babyface tag team champions, whatever, to get booed when um, when they call for the DQ was a bit weird, but it keeps the feud moving along I assume... Actually, I don't really know whether they will do a tag team title rematch at the Rumble or not, um, just because Cesaro and Sheamus are already confirmed for the Rumble match itself. So I don't know if they'll do the rematch at the show, but they should. I think the end game should be the club taking up the titles, taking the titles. They failed to do so last year against the New Day. So hopefully it will be their day to become tag team champions, you know, pun intended, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, Cruiserweight action, we saw Ari Daivari beat Lindsay Dorado match built to uh, Ari Daivari and Jack Gallagher on 205 Live, which was actually a pretty good match, by the way, an I Forfeit match, their version of an I Quit match, but I thought it was decent, I thought they, you know, I'm not really a big fan of I Quit matches, but I thought that was a good match from uh, Gallagher and Daivari, they worked well together, they got some decent time, they went all around the ring, they used William the Umbrella, which was pretty funny, so uh, they smashed each other into the commentating tables and all that other shit, so I, I thought it was a good match. Um, another match that was to be on Raw was Rich Swan, the WWE Cruiserweight Champion, taking on Tony Nese. Never happened. After Rich Swan was ambushed by Neville, who has been fucking killing it lately. I've said this time and time again, but Neville is killing it on Raw as of late, and is one of the best parts about the show, hands down. He's just so fucking good. Um, so the match never happened, but Neville, even on the mic, even on the mic, he is way better than he even was than he than he ever was as a babyface. Um, in the ring, he's kind of changing up his in-ring style a bit. The match with Tommy End, as they mentioned before, was awesome from day two of the UK tourney. So, I would not at all be opposed to them giving Neville the, the Cruiserweight Championship at the Rumble. And then maybe even building to a Neville-Austin Aries match at WrestleMania, that'd be pretty damn good. So, um, good stuff there. The whole Biggie and New Day shit, I'm just not a fan. The whole New Day and Titus Ell shit has just been awful. The segments suck. The mic work is just not good. The matches are completely forgettable. At least this one was for a rumble spot for a match in the rumble match, you know, itself. For a, for a spot in the rumble match itself, but just, it sucked. It sucked. It's, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish, whether the end game is O'Neal joining the New Day, or it's probably just filler for, for the New Day for right now. I honestly have no idea why they're in the rumble match, all three of them. Um, I was totally fine with just Kofi Kingston being in it a couple of years ago, or I think it was last year. This year with the whole brand split, I think almost all 20 or 20 of the 30 spots I think have already been claimed by people between Raw and SmackDown, and of course Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, and the Undertaker. So it's pretty interesting how they're going to use it and what they're going to do with it and all that other shit. But um, you know what other you know what other stars will fill out the rest of those spots or the spots and slots rather in the Royal Rumble match. But to waste three spots in the New Day, all three members of the New Day to me. Kind of feels like a waste, um, but that was completely garbage. Bailey and Charlotte. The segment was okay. I thought Bailey coming, you know, storming down to the ring and not doing the whole happy-go-lucky thing was all right. The poacher thing was kind of stupid, but um, Charlotte's segment. Her mic work's gotten a lot better. This segment just did not click for me. This whole feud has not really clicked for me. Um, it's been kind of underwhelming since the get go. But this this was better than what we've seen from the two in the last couple weeks. But it's still, I don't think what you know, people expected from this feud when it first started about a month ago. Uh, we also had Cedric Alexander versus uh, the Brian Kendrick all-right match. The whole Cedric and Alicia Fox thing is quickly losing my interest. I like Alexander, but to kind of drag him down, the whole Alicia Fox thing, I think the No I'm Dar feud is fine, but uh, the Alicia Fox factor to me does nothing. It did nothing for me three years ago when she acted crazy. It does nothing for me now. She is just... It's not even that she's underrated. I've seen people say, oh, she's she's so great. I've seen people say, oh, she's so great. She's underused. She's not that good. Alicia Fox has been around for 10 fucking years. The fact that she got a two-month title reign was pure luck. She was the paper champion in 2010. She's really not that good. And the fact she hasn't held the belt since is a big indicator that she just does not hold a candle to a majority of the rest of the division, uh, of the women's division currently in WWE. Um, So her whole involvement in that shit is just, I don't really care about it, but uh, this match was all right. In the main event itself, that was awesome. It was Kevin Owens, Jericho, and Braun Strowman beating Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Sami Zayn in six-man tag team action. Just a really, really fun match from start to finish, I thought. Uh, One of the better Raw main events in some time. I mean, you can only see Reigns versus Jericho and slash or Owens or slash and Owens uh, for, for some time now. I mean, we've seen it on and off for fucking three to four months, but it's just amazing to me that the involvement of Braun Strowman and Sammy really kind of breathed new life in, into this match, but in this feud or whatever, I thought it was just great. And the match itself was a lot of fun. Like I said, the heels went over, and not only did they go over, but they attacked the babyfaces afterwards. And Owens was the last man standing when Raw went off the air after putting Roman Reigns through a table, the commentary table at the top of the stage, which was, again, I thought it was. I thought fucking hell was freezing over just because how many times have we seen Owens close out the show as the last man standing? Rarely ever. Rarely ever. So I thought that was great. So overall, I thought it was an alright show. By far, a great show. Not really, but I didn't really like, oh man, I can't wait for the Rumble. I already can't wait for the Rumble because it's a fucking Royal Rumble, but in terms of what Raw is giving us right now, I don't really care that much. Uh, But this was an alright show, so I can't really complain. On SmackDown, which was an absolutely... Awesome show as always, on Tuesday. I thought it was uh, just really, really good from start to finish. Less is more, as I always say. Um, I think the the less matches they have and the more time they give them the more time they give them is great. Of course, people like Heath Slater and Rhino, American Alpha, Baron Corbin, conspicuous by their absence. but these guys do not need to be on every single show. like they should further the main feuds and then get those guys on the show when they need them. To have Baron Corbin in there for a quick squash match against Mojo Raleigh is not going to do anyone favors, any favors. So I thought this show, with, uh, with what they gave us, and the two hours just flew by as always, it was a two-thumbs-up show. Um, So they kick things off with SmackDown Live Commissioner, I almost said General Manager, I don't know where Daniel Bryan's been, but SmackDown Live Commissioner uh, Shane McMahon kicked off the show announcing that at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which will be a SmackDown exclusive event next month, the WWE Championship match will be an Elimination Chamber match. So whoever wins at the Rumble between John Cena and AJ Styles will have their work cut out for him inside the chamber against five other competitors. So, uh, yeah, I thought that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But just the thing is, as we talked about in Hashtag um a couple days ago on YouTube, is just the fact that, I don't know, I'm just not a big fan of title matches inside the chamber because at least for the past five to six years, the title has always been successfully defended inside the chamber. How many times has that title been retained inside the chamber over the past couple of years? Edge did it in 2011. In 2012, both CM Punk and Daniel Bryan did it. In 2014, Randy Orton fucking did it. In 2015, The New Day did it. That's ridiculous. It's one against five odds. A one in five odds, a one in fifth chance, a one in sixth chance of the champion coming out with the title intact. Yet it's happened four or five consecutive times. So that, to me, I just don't think it's realistic whatsoever. Um, I'm not a fan of that at all. But, uh, no, I I do like the fact that the Chamber is a SmackDown pay-per-view. The fact that it's for the title, to me, kind of means that the Royal Rumble winner might be from SmackDown. Just because, okay, so if you have someone win at the Chamber pay-per-view and become the new champion, who do they face? Unless, like, John Cena, who I pretty much know at this point is winning at the Rumble, um, then how do you know that he's going to get, you know, is he going to get a rematch at WrestleMania? I mean, I guess that'd be one way to kind of further the feed between him and AJ, to do AJ and Cena one last time at WrestleMania in like an Iron Man match or something, which would be amazing. But, um, yeah, that's really the only way I see it going. So I feel like a SmackDown guy could win the Rumble, and I hope they do. And I hope Miz wins it. I've said that time and time again. Um, but at least with Miz and AJ, the subsequent match, we had a non-title match between the WWE Champion AJ Styles and The Miz which was pretty good. I mean, normally heel-and-heel matches don't typically work, but just because AJ and Miz have both been on massive roles as of late, I thought this worked wonderfully. I thought this worked really, 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 really well Um, just because they do have established issues with each other dating back months and months and months. And Miz wants that WWE title and kind of keeping him in the mix. and, And it's not like the fact that they did the match here that means they can't do it at WrestleMania. The match didn't go that long. What we saw from them was really good. Um, but it ended on a DQ. They were consumed by commercials anyway. So, and it was pretty good. But so I think we can't see a match at WrestleMania if they turn AJ babyface as they should inevitably, just because he's so fucking popular. Um, but I thought this was a really good match, to kick off the show. And after that, we had Nikki Bella and Natalya brawling backstage, or in the uh, you know the the you know the upper echelon of the arena where the merchandise is, where the fans walk by. And I thought that was alright too for a feud I really could not have cared less about when it started. They have got me interested. They have got me invested in this storyline between Nikki Bella and Natalya. With their segments and how they're putting heat in Natalya fa- finally. um, That's great. I thought the brawl, the pull-apart brawl are always well done. This was another good one from these two women. And they're going outside the ring and not just relegating. They're talking to the ring and all that other shit. I thought this was great, so I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, the, probably one of the best things we've seen from this feud so far. I probably won't care about their match at the Rumble, but for what it's worth, though, I thought this was really good. So after that, we had the Intercontinental Champion Dean Ambrose taking on Randy Orton in a non-title match. Again, another really good match. Mauro Nalo uh, mentioned on commentary this noted or this marked the first time in over two years since Dean Ambrose and Randy Orton faced off on you know one-on-one in the WWE ring, which is. Just incredible to think about, but I guess that is true. I know Ambrose was feeding with the authority at the time that Orton was still with them in late 2014, so that must have been the last time. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a good match. Kind of slow early on, but they picked up the pace nicely in the latter half. They worked well together. I always thought Ambrose and Orton could have an awesome feud, so maybe we see that coming out of this or kind of later on down the line. I know Orton is busy with the Wyatt family right now. And what this means for that, because Ambrose, we saw the same, that that was my only real criticism of this match, was the fact that, I mean, Ambrose should have won, because he's a champion, and champions should not typically lose non-title matches by pinfall or submission. We shouldn't make those titles look weak, now should we? But the fact that Ambrose won with another distraction roll-up, the same thing we saw a week ago with Randy Orton and American Alpha, was kind of, was not really that great. I was not a big fan of that. Um... But yeah, no, I thought that just the way this was handled, I thought it was a good match. They further teased tension within the Wyatt family, and next week it is Randy Orton versus Lou Carper on SmackDown. So the fact they take the time to, you know, promote shit a week out, what a fucking concept, makes me look forward to SmackDown every single week. It's one of those little things they do really, really well. And yeah, they advertise Goldberg for Raw at, you know, next week on Monday night, next Monday night on Raw. Um, but they just said, like, quickly, that was it. Oh, Goldberg's back next week. Well, that's a big fucking deal. What is he going to be doing on Raw? What What is he here to say? Why is he here? I know he's there to promote the Rumble, but in storyline, why is he on Raw? You know, why the fuck should anyone care? Um, I mean, I care. People care. People like Goldberg, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, anyway, yeah, know, I thought this was good. Um, I, I look forward to Harper and Orton next week on SmackDown Live. We'll see where that goes. I do imagine we will get... Um, I, I I do imagine we will get Orton and Wyatt again at WrestleMania, which is fine. At least they have a direction for Wyatt again. But the guy needs to win a fucking match at WrestleMania. He wasn't a part of WrestleMania 32. He lost at 31. He lost at 30. The guy's a fucking loser. He needs a win. And I have the feeling that they, if they do another match between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, and it's the same shit we saw a couple months ago, where Randy Orton is the face and Wyatt is the heel, you know Wyatt's losing. Again, give this guy a real big victory. I know he won at Survivor Series and No Mercy and even at TLC, but he needs a big win. So, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see where this goes, but uh, I just don't like where it's headed with Randy Orton becoming the babyface again and uh, the Wyatt family and Bray Wyatt remaining heel when he should really go face, but that's just my two cents. After that, I thought this segment was really, really good. We had the King's Court with Dolph Ziggler and Jerry Lawler, who has not appeared on SmackDown in some time, um, at least since he was booted off commentary about a year ago over the summer when the uh, when the draft took place and he was kicked off SmackDown in favor of JBL and David Otunga, who fucking blow. Um, I really wish—honestly, I never thought I would say this, but I would put Jerry Lawler back on commentary on SmackDown. Because before he was taken out, those final few months with him on commentary on SmackDown— we're great. him and Maro Ronala were a really good commentary team, as a heel duo, um, or as a heel, as a heel commentator. Jerry Lawler was great playing off of Mauro as a babyface. Um, I thought it was great, and I think he'd do wonders for the uh, SmackDown live commentary team if it was him over J.B.L. and David Otunga. have Tom Phillips out there as the host. is stupid. If you want Tom out there, just take out JBL or David Otunga and put in Tom Phillips instead. You don't need to have four people sitting in that booth every single week. That, to me, is just fucking ridiculous. But, um, no, I thought this was a great segment, though, to get back to what I was talking about. I know Jerry Lawler, by the way, will be calling the Royal Rumble match main event, which is cool. He'll probably be in babyface mode because he was a babyface here. It's kind of a disconnect to have him come back as as a heel on commentary, but... That, that's the Jerry Lawler I wish we would get, just because that Jerry Lawler is a lot better than the babyface Jerry Lawler commentator, uh, commentator. But anyway, back to the segment, the Kings Court. First Kings Court in WWE in, I think, over 20 years, since like the mid-early 90s, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, his guest was Dolph Ziggler, who has remained silent since Turning heel a couple weeks ago. And uh, he, again, had nothing to say early on before Jerry Lawler bugged him and bugged him and bugged him before Ziggler finally snapped and showed footage of Ziggler you know, inadvertently giving Jerry Lawler a heart attack about five years ago when they faced off on Monday Night Raw, which I said to John when we watched the show together, I said, you know what? It would be so cool if they did, if they showed the footage of, of Jerry Lawler, you know, getting a heart attack five years ago, because in storyline or whatever, I mean, I think it was the elbows from Dolph Ziggler that, that Lawler has joked about, but it was the elbows that Ziggler, you know, the multiple elbows he used to do that instigated that heart attack for Jerry Lawler that caused it. So, if they were to show that footage, it'd be great heat for Ziggler. And they showed it, which I was marking out for. Um, The crowd didn't really care all that much, which was weird, just because they were in Jerry Lawler's hometown, and then he followed that up with a super kick to the chest of of Lawler, which was really cool. I thought that was a great touch. And uh, and then JBL came to Lawler's aid, which was pretty fun. That that was pretty good, considering they're good friends. But, um, yeah, no, I just thought it was funny, the fact that, you know, Lawler gets all this, you know... They showed the footage. They, they showed the footage of him having a heart attack, and then the footage of, or uh, then Ziggler giving him a super kick to the heart, and the crowd barely reacts. That was kind of funny slash sad, but I thought it was a good segment. I think Ziggler, so far as a heel, has been way better than he was as a babyface. I've said that forever. Although he was over as a face, he was getting way, 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 way too stale by the end. It was time for a change of character, and heel Ziggler so far has been a refreshing change of pace for him. So we'll see where this goes. And um, hopefully it leads to a good showing for him in the Royal Rumble match. And then we get to the Rumble, or the SmackDown, I I hope we were at the Rumble already, but we get to the SmackDown Live main event, a steel cage SmackDown Women's Championship match. The first of its kind ever in SmackDown history between the defending champion Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch. An alright match. They did not give them a ton of time. Uh, They had two commercial breaks. They had like 10 minutes maybe, but... I think a majority of those minutes were consumed by commercials, but it was still a good match from what we saw. They tried hard. Um, they did not feel at out of place at all in the main event slot. I think they very much deserved that slot in the, uh, in, the, in the final spot on the show. But in the end, as we all expected, what happened? La Luchadora gets involved. She shows up at the cage door, and um, then she proceeds to attack Becky Lynch and aid Alexa Bliss in retaining her title. She gets demasked, and it is none other than the returning Mickie James, who is now back on SmackDown Live. So it's been reported slash rumored for a while now that after her strong showing at Teague over Toronto two months ago, she'd be offered a contract, and indeed she was. And it was uh, rumored about a month ago she was SmackDown bound in January, and it's January 2017. She showed up as the masked individual and is now a heel, seemingly aligned with Alexa Bliss on SmackDown. So I think it's great. Um, you know, Becky and Raw, or rather Mickey and Raw would be cool for the matches she could have with Bailey or you know with Sasha Banks and Charlotte. but they're so wrapped up in all this other shit right now. It's only the there's only really four women on that roster other than Alicia Fox who doesn't really wrestle more often than not. They have Bailey, Charlotte, Naya Sasha, it's whatever. Just leave it at that. Um, but, no, I thought this was, I thought this was decent. I thought this was really, or I thought, you know, the, the stuff they're doing on Raw is decent. I thought the stuff they're doing on SmackDown right now with the women is great. Mickie James, the whole reveal was great. People pop for it. It's gonna be hard for people to boo her as a heel right now, because she's coming back for the first time on the main roster in almost, how many years? Seven years? It's been a long time, so people are gonna want to cheer her, but... She has, you know, she has the the tools to be a great heel. We saw it in WWE early on in her career. And she never turned back into a heel after that. But she did turn heel in TNA towards the end. And she was a great fucking heel. And then she left. So it was kind of cut short. But I think she can have a great run on SmackDown. On the SmackDown women's roster. And uh, Mickey James and Becky Lynch, one-on-one at WrestleMania? Sign me up. That sounds like a great match to me. It only really makes sense. Uh, but yeah, good main event overall. Just a really, really, really good show. Um, just always enjoying SmackDown these days. I mean, not to say it's perfect, but you know, by and large, three matches, three segments in the matter of two hours. I'll take it. They give everything enough time. Feuds are furthered. Storylines are solidified. Uh, the in-ring action is exciting more often than not. So SmackDown, uh, once again, two thumbs up from yours truly. A newsworthy show from the return of Mickey James to the announcement that the WWE Championship will be defended inside the Elimination Chamber, Satan's Prison, next month at the Elimination Chamber event. We had Miz and Styles, Orton and Ambrose, a steel cage women's title match main event, which was unprecedented. So, And also, we had build for next week between Luke Harper and Randy Orton. So, Just a lot of stuff going on. The return of Jerry Lawler, too. There's a lot of stuff going on SmackDown last week or this past week. Good show. Two thumbs up from me. Uh, enjoying it as always. So before we have Jamie Lee Mack come here on the show, I'll just talk briefly about NXT from Wednesday night. Like I said, 205 Live was alright. Um I think they had Drew Gulak versus Cedric Alexander. Alright match. Tony Neese versus Mustafa Ali. Alright match. I just don't really care. The I forfeit match, like I said earlier, I thought was really good between Jack Gallagher and Arya Divari. Um, exceeded expectations in my opinion. But NXT, I thought this week was pretty good, pretty straightforward in establishing several matches for TakeOver in a couple newsworthy moments as well. We had Nikki Cross beating uh, Kennedy Lewis, uh, some unknown wrestler, in about two minutes or so. Uh, Nikki Cross has been thoroughly impressed with her progression so far. I mean, she's always been a good worker slash wrestler from what I've seen. But in terms of the Sanity crazy character, I think it's been pretty good so far uh, and They've been really building her up as a threat to Asuka's Women's Championship. Because remember, at TakeOver, it's Asuka in a fatal four-way match. It's not one-on-one with Nikki. It's Asuka, Nikki Cross, Billy Kay, and Peyton Royce. So Nikki Cross could realistically pin Royce or Kay to win the championship. She doesn't have to pin the undefeated Asuka. So I think that, that's kind of a part of the appeal of that match before they hopefully move into Ember Moon and uh, Asuka in time for TakeOver Orlando. So a uh, decent way to kick off the show. Another squash match after that between Roderick Strong and Steve Cutler. Cutler really is not all that good yet, but Roderick Strong is great. Uh, fine match, strong wins, and uh, we do get Roderick Strong versus Andrade Cien after their clash in the Fatal 4-Way Number 1 Contenders match about a month ago on NXT. They will face off one-on-one at TakeOver San Antonio, so really looking forward to that match. That should be great. Um, after that we had Sanity interrupting Ty Dillinger who was in the middle of talking about what ne- what's next for him in NXT he fell short to Bobby Roode and all these other guys falling short of becoming the number one contender to the NXT championship just recently before he was interrupted by Sanity who uh, attempted to recruit him Dillinger said no and then he was attacked by Big Damo or just Damo in NXT now and then the addition of Damo to Sanity should be great he's an awesome worker from what I hear he's got a good look he fits the Sanity Uh, image to a T, so I think it's great, and it was also confirmed at TakeOver San Antonio, it will be Ty Dillinger versus Eric Young, so that should also be pretty good as well, and hopefully Ty Dillinger loses, and then he gets called up to the main roster the next night by coming out as number 10 in the Royal Rumble match. How could you not? For all the 10 fucking counts we hear in the UK tourney on Raw, on SmackDown, on Pay-Per-View, we hear it all the time now, ever since... NXT TakeOver Toronto weekend. I actually heard it for the first time at TakeOver or the NXT live event I went to with RJ a couple days before TakeOver in Boston. Uh, They did it there, too, in his match with Bobby Roode before TakeOver in Canada that weekend. So, it's not a, it's not, I I think that might have started. I'm not really sure. But, uh, you know, it's been a widespread thing, not only in NXT, but, you know, on 205 Live, on the UK Tourney, on Raw and SmackDown, so... How could you not have Ty Dillinger come out as number 10 in the Royal Rumble? It really just kind of writes itself. I mean, I guess they wouldn't have to call him up, but really, what else is there to do for him in NXT? If he's not going to go after the championship, which I don't think he will, because you have Kashi Ono and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura presumably going at it at TakeOver Orlando, then what do you do? What do you do? So I would have Dillinger lose to Young at San Antonio and then call him up the next night in the Rumble and have him come out at number 10... We had TM61 versus The Revival. Uh, Pretty good match for the time they were given, about four or five minutes. Revival uh, injures TM61 after TM61 pick up the upset victory. So good win for them, The Revival. I thought we were on their way out, but it looks like they were setting up a feud between Revival and TM61, which now has to be delayed with Shane Thorne getting injured, so that kind of sucks. I really want The Revival on the main roster right now, but it looks like that won't be happening anytime soon. Just because they need teams right now in NXT. I know they have DIY and Authors of Pain, Insanity, but with TM Six One out for a while and the revival, you know, I don't think they'll call up the revival as long as um you know TM 61 is sitting on the sidelines with an injury. So that kind of sucks. But this was an all right match. Good injury angle that writes out Shane Thorne for a while, so he is injured. And um, so then we get to the ending segment, the main event segment on the show, a contract signing. For the NXT Championship match at TakeOver San Antonio between Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode. Good segment. I thought it was good. Uh, Bobby Roode carried a majority of it with his great, tremendous talking. Shinsuke Nakamura's English still could use some work, um, but I thought he played his role well in mocking Bobby Roode in the face-to-face, no physicality. You know, I've said before, the contract signings in, in, in WWE, just kind of in wrestling in general, are such a tired trope. But when they're done in NXT, for whatever reason... They were just almost always done well. And I thought this was great. Um, So great stuff from Bobby Roode and Nakamura. Looking forward to that match. So right now, I think we have five matches. I think we have the full card uh, lined up for TakeOver San Antonio. So we have Nakamura and Bobby Roode for the NXT Championship. We have Ty Dillinger versus Eric Young. We have Andrade Cianamas versus Roderick Strong. We have DIY versus the Authors of Pain. For the NXT tag team titles. And we have Asuka versus Billy Kay versus Peyton Royce versus Nikki Cross in a fatal four way match for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, If they wanted to have six matches, they usually only have five. But if they wanted to have six, they could throw in a a Cassius Ono match. Because I don't know if his Nakamura segment, his face to face with Nakamura that happened a couple weeks ago, will air on TV. um, Just because it looked like it might have been a dark match segment. But they did confirm it on WWE.com and shit. So I don't know whether they're going to air it or not. I hope they do. And if so, they give him a match at TakeOver. I mean, I I would assume if he returns at the the NXT tapings, the last set of tapings before the event, that, um, that, that he would appear at TakeOver 2 in San Antonio. I think he's working in the area, like TakeOver weekend or something with Evolve. So I don't know why he wouldn't show up at TakeOver that weekend. But... Um, hopefully we get a, a, you know, a Cassius Ono match too. Him versus, I don't know what other heels we have. He might even show up as a heel. So I don't know. We could have him versus, I don't really know. Who, uh, Elias Samson. We'll say Elias Samson. Or him versus No Way Jose or something. I don't know. But, uh, that's it. That's our takeover card for, uh, later on this month or even next weekend. I, it's hard to believe it's only next weekend, but I look forward to it. It should be a great, great show. Um, you know, the takeovers are always awesome. I know this build, for this takeover, has been kind of quick and kind of like, you know, it's happened so quickly because they didn't really have much time after they aired the uh, two live events from Osaka, Japan and the Melbourne Australia shows. They've only had a couple weeks of TV. Um, but I thought they've done so pretty well. And a lot of those matches have some great potential to be absolutely awesome. So I look forward to it. So now, guys, we transition into the final portion of the show. Please welcome at this time to help me break down Kurt Angle's WWE Hall of Fame induction over WrestleMania weekend, returning to the show for the first time since the summer, Jamie Lee Mack. How you doing today, brother?
0: Oh, I'm doing just fine and dandy, just getting over a little bit of a cold, so uh, if I have to cough a little bit, uh, just, uh, you know, just bear with me here, I'll try and make it through. I mean, like, you know, after the, after the craziness it's been the past few days, days in the days in the, <laughs> They're just like the past few days in the wrestling world alone. And it's like, you know, 140 characters is not enough.
1: It's not. It's not. I know we've been trying to organize this for a while. I reached out to you about a month ago by coming on the show. Um, it's, just been time, it, it's just been trying and tough to work out of time and all that other stuff. We're both busy. But uh-huh. you, you messaged me a couple days ago the same day as Amir. You were, actually, Jamie, i got to give you credit. You're the one that broke the news to me that Kurt Angle is getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. I checked my phone. I wasn't on Twitter for like a dead, and I saw that you (laughs) you sent me a DM, and I got a notification on my phone. You said, all right, now I got to come on the show that Kurt Angle's going to the Hall of Fame. Like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? That I went on Twitter and I saw the news and I'm like, holy shit, the Mac is back all right with the Kurt Angle news. So I got to give you credit for breaking the news to me, but I started freaking the hell out. It was nuts. But uh, no better time. I think it worked out perfectly because I would love to have you on the show here today to talk about Angle getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame over WrestleMania 33 weekend. It's going to be huge. So, Jamie, what were your initial thoughts when Angle was announced to be the next inductee in the Hall of Fame over WrestleMania weekend?
0: Man. I was at work when I found out the news. Um, um, I read some messages in a uh, group chat uh, that I'm in, and uh, and like the uh, folks in there were saying, like, man, Kurt's going in the or sorry, um, uh, Kurt's going in the Hall of Fame um, or um, uh, over a made me a weekend and like my first thought was like okay this has got to be a melzer rumor this has <laughs> got to be like a dolphin's 925 thing or
1: 1925
0: whatever it's handled <laughs> yeah it's like there's no it's like okay no no there can't be and then i get a notification from the wwe app because the only reason i got that stupid thing is for the network but anyways um I got an alert from them saying, breaking news, Kurt Angle's going to the Hall of Fame. I was like, uh, okay. (laughs) I guess this, all right, this isn't, this isn't a lie. This is, uh, this is, uh, or like, this is the real thing. And like, uh, like, like, this is probably the most deserving Hall of Fame spot in all, uh, not like a long time. But definitely, Angle is up there in the list of people that absolutely deserve this spot. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, just, like, I was just overjoyed. I mean, like, I was so happy, and, or, because, like, like, because, like, Kurt is in that small list for me that I just wanted to see come back for such a long time. And now for, you know and now for the second year um in a row like two people on that list have her are, are now back Shane last year mm-hmm. and now Kirk so now so like so like really i'm just overjoyed like i could not be like more like amped up for this i love it
1: I mean, you said it right there. I mean, every single year we've had some big names in the Hall of Fame. Last year was Sting, the year before that Savage, although he's now passed away, obviously, the year before that Warrior, and the list goes on and on. And every year it's pretty much not obvious or like, oh, we knew that they were going to be inducted, but it's like, okay, Sting, when he got inducted, it's not like he was debuting in WWE when he got inducted. He was already with the company for about a year, year and a half by that point. Warrior had done the video game. Uh, Sam Martina was kind of a shock. But for the most part, Savage, you knew it was only inevitable. But with Kurt Angle, first of all, no one saw this coming, which was one of those great surprises in wrestling. And you mentioned it right there, too. Shane McMahon, no one fucking saw that coming when he came back a year ago. That was not rumored. That was not reported. That came completely out of nowhere, even for the wrestling journalists across the internet. It was crazy. This is kind of the same thing. Got a similar reaction. And it's not like Kurt Angle had done the video game a year ago or appeared on Raw or something a couple months ago, this will be his premier appearance back. Um, Assuming he doesn't debut, or not debut, obviously, but return before then in the Rumble or on Raw, I assume they're saving his appearance for uh, Mania Weekend. We'll see. To me, it seemed like it was a last-minute thing. I don't know if they had someone else and they turned it down. I don't really know, just to me, and from what Angle said in various interviews over the last couple days, it seemed like... Um, he got called that same day, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure, and he said yes, and they made the announcement that night, and the video package they put together was great, it gave me goosebumps when they sang, when they chanted, you suck on uh, Raw, <laughs> just incredible, and so they kind of, man. so, so many, many memories. memories, and they aired the similar video package the next night on Smackdown, they kind of altered it a bit to add in some of the, some of the comedy parts. Um, so it was interesting. It seemed like it was a last minute thing. I, if not, I mean, I don't know why it would not have been rumored ahead of time. I know people have been saying for a while, Angle's coming back, but people have been saying that for a year now since he left TNA. Um, but that being said, do you see Kurt Angle making an appearance in WWE on the program at any point before WrestleMania weekend?
0: Um, if I were running like this whole thing, um, to be honest, like, like, okay, like, if I had to have him appear, like, at, or, like, at any point, I would probably do it off camera. Like, I know there's a SmackDown coming up in Pittsburgh, I think in March or something, Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and, like, I haven't heard anything about what's happening there. I haven't heard, like, any possible appearances, whatever. Um, but yeah, like I would have him do something like, you know, just come out at like the end of a SmackDown show or whatever. Like, let's say like, like I don't know, like have like Miz be in there, like cut the promo on the crowd, like saying this and that, like or whatever. I mean, like Miz is amazing, so like he could totally do it. And then just have Angle come out, and, like put him in the ankle lock or something. I mean, like the crowd, or like the crowd would pop huge. You, they're like, you are like. WWE would get so many views for that. I mean, like really, like that would be the or like the main thing that I would do for him. Uh, but as far as that goes, I just wait until the uh, actual or um, er, uh, the actual Hall of Fame ceremony because, mm-hmm. like, really, like this is going to be his first appearance back on WWE television in oh my gosh, it'll be almost like eleven years? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that right there is the proper place. Like, have him come out. And I hope they give him as long as they want for a speech. Like, if he like if he wants to talk for two hours, give him two hours. I'll sit down and listen like I'm 10 years mm-hmm. old again. You know, so... Uh, but, yeah, like, that would be the main thing uh, that, um, uh, that uh, I would do uh, for Kurt. But... Had I done it a different way, honestly, uh, I would have had him be a, I guess, like a uh, quote, unquote, a uh, surprise in the uh, Rumble match. Mm-hmm. And then the next night on Raw announced Kurtz going into the Hall of Fame. That's the way I personally w- w- would have done it. But, like, I totally get why they broke the news the way that they did. WWE is all about trending now. Like, ever since they've gone crazy with social media, like, they want this story to trend all over the internet. Or, like, you know, they want Kurt Angle to be the most searched term on, like, ESPN's website. I I totally get that. Uh, But, yeah, like, that's pretty much where I stand on that.
1: So who do you see inducting Kurt Angle? There's been a couple candidates from what I've seen online, from among fans anyway, nothing officially reported, but I've heard... Maybe Edge or Christian, but I heard Christian might be going in, so I don't know how well that works, and obviously Edge would induct him, so I don't know if that kind of rules them out. There's talk of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, there's, a, there's a couple, I mean, Brock Lesnar, I don't know if he would want to do it, but there's a couple different options. Who would you have induct Kurt Angle uh, into the Hall of Fame? Well, if
0: Christian goes in, this is going to be the best class ever. <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking too, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, jeez. Um... Uh. Ed and Christian would make sense because of the whole team uh, or, or uh, the team Eck thing that, they're, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that they did back in uh, 2000. Uh, uh, really, for me, I would either okay. Like, there's three possible choices for me. Number one being Lesnar, and honestly, I don't. I think Lesnar would be against doing it because, like, you know, as far as I know, Lesnar and Kurt are still really, really solid friends. Mm-hmm. So, like, and, like, you know, I get it. Lesnar does, doesn't like people, yada, yada, yada. But, like, if he's up there and he's talking about someone he genuinely cares about, I don't think Lesnar's going to have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my second option, and most people have not mentioned her, but... Uh, Uh, but, uh, sorry. Um, but what about Stephanie McMahon? Because, like, because, because of the little program that him, her, and Hunter had back in 2000, Mm -hmm. when Kurt was feuding with them over the, their, their, um, no, wait, I think it was him, Triple H, and I think The Rock was in there, too, Mm -hmm. um, for the, uh moral title I mean like that and like you know they're and just like their uh, their uh, chemistry there was or, uh was was great uh, my third one Austin which like you know totally makes sense uh, just I, I mean really if you need any other reason just search Steve Austin and Kurt Angle after Triple H Tours Quad because those two and Vince had some of the funniest segments I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, just what, I mean, like, what the cowboy has, the guitar, what whatnot. like, it, it just proved even more that, like, Angle, he was not only a great in-ring worker, he is such a geek, and he plays it so well. I mean, like, really, like, so, so yeah, but out of those three, uh, I'm actually leaning a little bit towards Lesnar, to be honest, because I think that, uh, I mean, like I think that it would just make sense, honestly. But like you know, uh, but like really, uh, with those three, um, I'd be happy with uh, or with uh, either of them.
1: Yeah, I think all three make sense. Lesnar would be cool just to see him kind of out of that environment of terms and being just kind of the most threatening force in WWE in addition to Goldberg right now. But to have him induct Angle, considering the fact that arguably Angle had Lesnar's best feud in WWE, um, I think it would only make sense the matches they had throughout 2002, 2003, 2004. So it would only make sense from that, from that ruthless aggression period that both guys kind of spotlighted back in the day. And of course, at the same time, people of you know, this whole induction has brought up many questions for Angle in terms of whether this means the end of his in-ring career. I you know Angle, from what I've heard anyway, has no plans of slowing down anytime soon. He's still doing matches. He's still wrestling for uh, WCPW, I believe. I know he's doing indie dates up here in the Northeast in the next couple months. So he is by no means slowed down since you know, leaving TNA about a year ago. Um, but very rarely, and only on one other occasion, has a Hall of Famer come out of retirement or come out of you know re- uh, be inducted and then wrestle another match, which to me is the reason why The Rock hasn't gone in yet. That's obviously one of the most biggest uh, omissions from the Hall of Fame currently is The Rock, but I feel like it's because he feels like his in-ring career is not yet over in WWE. Um, Shawn Michaels, we saw that with Edge, so many others. The only other occasion where a Hall of Famer was inducted and then wrestled was Ric Flair, and he retired the next day anyway. So, um, I mean, it's very possible they could do one more match. I think it's very possible they could do one more run if that's what he's capable of, and I believe he is. And the physical thing, the fact that he wouldn't pass the physical to me makes no sense just because they have um, they have the Goldberg, of course, at the moment, who is 50 years old. So that to me doesn't make any sense. I guess we'll see where it goes. But, um, yeah, so do you think we could see one more match from Kurt Angle at WWE WrestleMania, whether it be against an AJ Styles or a Samoa Joe or someone from the current roster in WWE?
0: I think that if if he wants it. Uh, Kurt is gonna jump at it like nothing. Because, uh, um, like, um, I think he's actually stated in the past few days that, like, you know, if or that, like, you know, his current deal is just for him to show up at the Hall of Fame
1: ceremony mm-hmm. and then that's it. But he is certainly not
0: against working one one more match or hell. Even like another run, and honestly, I don't even care if it's a part-time run. Like part-time is fine. I mean, like I mean, like I know it's becoming a trend that people are dreading right now. But let's be honest, there are many guys that actually deserve that part-time schedule, and Kurt Angle is one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, there uh, There was actually one idea. That I think I saw in a video or I read it somewhere, but I thought that it was a really, really awesome idea. Um, was that, like, let's say Angle signs on, like, a new deal, like, after the ceremony and Mania weekend and, uh, and um, whatnot? Um, I know Foley is supposed to go in for hip replacement surgery at some point. Yep. Um, I'm not exactly sure how long he's supposed to be out for that, but someone had mentioned. What if Kurt takes Foley's place as GM on Raw?
1: I've seen that idea pitched. I mean, just the fact that Kurt Angle yeah. could be inducted at the same time and then then be the new Raw GM. I mean, I've said for a while, though, just because, I mean, whether it's Mick Foley, Kurt Angle, it could be Bob Backlund, it could be Brock Lesnar, it doesn't really matter who it is. Stephanie McMahon right. is always going to emasculate that babyface, whoever the GM might be, so it's unfortunate So, I mean, I I do want to see him back in an on-air role at some point, whether it be on Raw or SmackDown. I wouldn't want to see Daniel Bryan replaced just because he's been so great in that role. Um, But, yeah, I think an on-air role for Kurt Angle at some point is only inevitable just because he has so much worth to the company, whether it be as a GM. Even more so than a trainer. I mean, I know Daniel Bryan could have been brought back as a trainer, but... Bringing back Angle, uh, you know, I mean, that's why he was brought back as an on-air GM because he still has a lot more to contribute to the business beyond just being a behind-the-scenes, you know, a producer or a trainer or whatever else. But, yeah, I feel like one more match is definitely plausible. We'll see in the weeks and months to come. If they don't announce something closer to WrestleMania, it's still early January. It's only been three to four months or three to four days since they announced that he was going to the Hall of Fame. So it's still very Uh, possible they could... They could announce something as it gets closer to WrestleMania, so we'll certainly see. Um, but for the time being, though, I think it will be cool to see what the future holds for Kurt Angle, and uh, and if they do bring him in for one more match at WrestleMania, like I said, an AJ Styles or whoever it might be might make for a great match. But, Jamie, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I know it was only 10, 15 minutes, but great to get your two cents on <laughs> Kurt Angle. But uh, before we let you go, though, where can the people I find you? I have to. I, oh, no, sir, I, go ahead, go ahead. I, 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 Man, I fucking had to. It's Kurt. Ten years in the making. I can't tweet about this. I have to talk about it. Exactly. I mean, like you said, 140 characters is not enough to have Kurt Angle, you know, to express your thoughts on Kurt Angle being back in WWE, so it should be exciting to see him back in the WWE fold before long, uh, you know, especially come WrestleMania season. But before we let you go, Jamie, uh, where can the people find you on the social media links, Facebook, Twitter, whatever else you got to plug?
0: Oh, they can find me on the Twitter at January Mac, J A M I E L E E M A C. Uh Yeah, that's about it. You know, I have a really don't well I mean like, I do have a YouTube channel that I barely use, which I should start using again.
1: Perfect. Well you Twitter You gotta put up a video about Kurt Angle. You gotta do that at some point, hopefully. Oh I
0: do, I should.
1: <laughs> The, uh, I remember you put up a video about SmackDown going live about a year ago, or last summer, and yeah. uh, that was something I know you I, really wanted I, to see happen, too. <laughs> I had just woken up when I did that, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
0: remember I woke up, I checked the news of SmackDown going live, and I was like, oh, my God, i got to do a
1: video about this. Yeah, it was exciting. Exciting times from SmackDown going live, Angle going to the Hall of Fame, and it's only... It's not even the Royal Rumble yet, so there's so much stuff to look forward to. But yeah, as know. O-
0: there's, like two months or two and a half months between now and Mania
1: so yeah exactly anything else can happen yeah this is only the start of what should be a very exciting road to Wrestlemania so that being said Jamie as always pleasure having you on the show and I'll catch you down the road brother thank you very much Graham big thanks to Jamie Lee Mack as always for coming here on the show to help me talk about Kurt Angle's exciting induction into the WWE Hall of Fame over Wrestlemania weekend Fingers crossed he will wrestle one more match on April 2nd, which I will hopefully be in attendance for. Spoiler alert, we'll see. I don't exactly know yet whether I will be there, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping to be there in attendance for my first ever WrestleMania April 2nd in Orlando. It's going to be fucking amazing, so I need to be there for that and hopefully takeover too, but let's get WrestleMania out of the way first. Uh, speaking of which, guys, we are covering everything. We are covering everything on the road to WrestleMania starting with the Royal Rumble next week. We're doing Royal Rumble picks, previews, and predictions, and takeover preview as well next Thursday right here on WrestleRant Radio. Tommy Sharp is back, folks, for the first time in a month and a half on WrestleRant Radio. We're back in Endicott College Campus for my final semester at Endicott College, so beyond that, once I graduate, I'm back to to recording the show right here in my humble abode in Connecticut, so beyond that, guys, it'll be an interesting final few months with all the guests we have on, all the analysis we do of the road to Wrestlemania, so stay tuned for an exciting next few months of WrestleRant Radio, so in the meantime and in between time, guys, as always, check me out on the social medias on Twitter at WrestleRant, follow me there. Like the old Page on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews and also on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe at youtube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. And ask for WrestleRant Radio, as I said earlier, guys. Buy a t shirt at whatamaneuver.net. Or right here on NextAirWrestling.net, go to Radio Shows, the same place that you would go to to find WrestleRant Radio in 2 Out of 3 Falls with Randy Cruz and myself. Go to Merchandise. It'll take you directly to the uh, WrestleRant Radio page, the store on Whatamaneuver.net. You can buy a tank top, a hoodie, um, yeah, just a regular old T-shirt that says Eat, Sleep, Wrestle, Rant, repeat on it. Buy a shirt, support the show, and also take part in the Royal Rumble game. If you don't want to pay for it, that's fine. Earn a, uh, earn a free one by winning the Royal Rumble game later on this month. Next weekend, official details coming soon right here on nextairwrestling.net. So I think that's about it, guys. Also, be sure to check out Bleacher Report, Sports Keta, What Culture... Um, hidden remote for all my latest articles, it's been a busy-ass month, it's always fucking busy and I enjoy nothing else but being busy, um, especially when it's wrestling related, but the Rumble is quickly approaching, I'm looking forward to it, it's going to be a fun time to be a wrestling fan in the next couple weeks slash months, so I can't wait to break all that stuff down with you guys on the road to WrestleMania. So that being said guys, I'm Graham Jesus and Matthew. stay tuned for another new episode of WrestleRant Radio next Thursday, return to EC Radio. The return to Endicott College campus, where Tommy Sharp and I will preview and predict the entire San Antonio and Royal Rumble card. So until then, guys, have an awesome rest of your week. I'm Grangius Matthews, and I'll catch you folks down the road.